Hey everyone, this is Amy Steele, also known as Ginny, from Friday the 13th, part two. And when I'm not studying up on child psychology, I'm listening to the Nightmare Junkhead podcast. dream you can't wake from this is the nightmare junkhead podcast a horror podcast that appreciated any comic store that was brave enough to have a room with a beaded curtain adults only (laughs) my name is greg d i'm genius mcgee and on today's episode uh we're starting the year of 2024 by hanging out in a hand-drawn territory as we get animated all month long and we start by talking 1981's Heavy Metal. Mm-hmm. And whether you've purchased a one-way ticket to midnight or not, you can listen into our show. Simply search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played. Hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your stern hole. <laughs> and you can find us being stern out on social media. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at Nightmare Junk. And on both Blue Sky and Facebook, Nightmare Junkhead, but it is only on that book of face where we have an events tab, which leads to shenanigans and unstoppable evil shenanigans. And as this episode is going to be releasing on Friday, January 5th, if you find yourself in the Kansas City area, head on over to screenland.com where they will have your, I guess, evil shenanigans. Yeah. Taken care of just just indoors. Yeah. For now. Yeah. For For now. now. For For now. now. But better yet. Head on over to the Friday Night Fright tab, and the Friday this episode is releasing... Mm, over. <laughs> our first Friday Night Fright of 2024, starting with a master. Mm-hmm. And in fact, this is actually kicking off a whole month-long programming of Stanley Kubrick films. Mm-hmm. So I'm very happy that Friday Night Frights gets to kick things off with the shun... The, the shinning. Thank you. Don't, you don't want to get sued. Thank you. <laughs> and I know, again, another movie that... For some people, it's it's not winter time until and, until Jack Torrance uh, says, "Here's Johnny." Until we go by room two thirty seven, and even did you ever catch? <laughs> Better than room two two seven. Who's haunting the Overlook? Mary, red rum. The, <laughs> the problem is, come play with us, Jack. Hey, come play with us. Ooh. <laughs> Here's Jackie. <laughs> now, what this, the what the, our casual <laughs> listener might assume is I'm somehow egging you on to do this. However, I've got that Danny look of just <laughs> terror where I'm like, as you keep going on and finding other ways for Mary, to, you've always been here, Mary. Hey, right? <laughs> And God help me, should she run into Grady? All the ghouls want you to help at the bake sale to help out with the deacon. <laughs> she will correct him in her own way. So please <laughs> come out 
Join us for this Kubrick classic. But yes, I have seen Room 237, the documentary. Oh, no. And I have seen Room we're, 227. We're well beyond that now. We're well beyond that, my friend. <laughs> <laughs> that ship has long since sailed. <laughs> Over. <laughs> but sailing across, uh, in this case, uh, the uh, Atlantic, in this case, uh, looking to next Friday Night's Fright, a, a movie we actually did devote a main episode to. Uh-huh. We spend an entire month-long holiday yes. over in France. Uh, this is your chance to see Martyrs <laughs> on the big screen. And that laugh you hear, let's just be a forewarned. There is an opening siege sequence that is terrifying. It's brutal. And yet, I already know this monster... Monster will be cathartically, we assume. <laughs> Marge is great. <laughs> it's, it's a toughen. <coughs> I like it. And to see Mademoiselle up on the big screen, mm-hmm. we're going to do a lot of pondering. Uh, we're going to do a lot of suffering. Mm-hmm. And uh, the pain shall be exquisite. <laughs> As shall be. Angels to some and demons to others. Yeah, this one definitely. Scratch checks a lot of the boxes are you, are for the pre-show. Are you going to have Joan of Arc from fucking Bill and Ted doing shit? Well, now I am. <laughs> Check. <laughs> that's that's the problem though with some of these. And with a Max Caddy, <laughs> it's hard to find stuff that brings a little bit of levity. Uh huh. Because unfortunately, when we delve into the new French extremity. <laughs> The laughs aren't there a lot. No, there's not. Like when we were watching uh, Inside, we were both like, fuck, this movie's scary. (laughs) And that's the problem then, is actually processing a movie like that in the theater Mm -hmm. with the crowd. Because the last time we played something from the new French extremity with Le Vide, Mm -hmm. we brought a lot of people out. And a lot of people, I think, are familiar with this movie. Yes. Whether they they watch the remake, which I've never seen. I tried. Yeah. I'm like, eh, yeah. Eh. Go to the OG. Mm-hmm. It's still fresh. When in, doubt, in, in general, yeah. when in doubt, go to the OG. It's it's going to be not a fun time, but a time. A It'll time. be an experience. It, it will be. I am really wanting to hear first timers thoughts oh, on this. Well, one. this one, it's got a reputation. I mean, a well deserved like reputation. Well deserved one. Mm-hmm. I again, I love the conversations that happen before Friday Night Frights, but especially afterwards, once everyone processes. Right, right. Everything. And I will try to keep my monsters down to a little minimum. Just keep it to a minimum. Tiny, a minimum. little monster. <laughs> know your place, my friend. Not in your home theater. We're, remember, we have people worshiping for the first time. We don't want to alter that worshiping experience in such a way. <laughs> Oh, my Lord. Now, the other uh, repertory screening that is happening on the weekend of the 5th, and this is another filmmaker whose filmography I don't think I've scratched the surface of, Mm -hmm. but I'm really anxious to, because anything by John Cassavetes usually carries some sort of, not necessarily courting controversy, but he's usually got stuff from the 70s that... Plays like it's from the 70s. Right. Yeah. Be it in terms of like relationships and how people are treating each other. Uh, this is one I know it's, oh my lord, I'm trying to remember who's involved. This is not a dream. Not a dream. We are using the reins of our system as a receiver. We are unable to transmit through conscious neural interference. 
So the name of the actor that I can't remember is the great Gina Rollins, and the film that I do not mention is A Woman Under the Influence. Uh, so for your continued entertainment, let's go back to my babbling. Anyway, I will be seeking it out. It's definitely one I'm looking forward to. But in terms of new releases that are going to be coming out, and one that I think is going to be kicking off 2024's possible new horror run, I've only seen one trailer for it. But what do you know of Night Swim? A haunted pool. And I've seen the trailer. Okay. And it looks interesting. And I'm like, okay, let's see. Because we've never seen a really a, a movie about a haunted pool. The closest I, thing to like a haunted pool would be Poltergeist. And but I've, well, I was going to say, we've seen foul and heinous things happen in a in pool. In a pool, right. The foul and destination scene. But this is the one thing when we were talking off mic, in terms of empathy for characters. Mm-hmm. If they're out in a lake, the sea. Fuck them. You know, I mean, sorry. Right now, if you're listening in a lake or a sea, you're like, what did he say? You know what you're getting into. That's exactly why, like, when you go to the zoo, they say, don't feed the animals. If you're feeding the animals, that's what's going to happen. However. I'll go to a pool. A pool. Yeah, I'll deal, I'll deal with a pool. As long as it's one, a clean pool, and there's, like, not a lot of people there. Because I don't want to be like, Ugh. You got to control. Know? I understand. Right? Controlled like, environment. Uh, uh, uh. But you might have some empathy for these characters. Possibly. Yeah, because they're just hanging out, like going to a pool. Okay. I'm like, Shit. I'm looking. I and that, that's just that. I also understand. I think James Wan produced it. Cool. So even if it's adjacent, right? You know, I like James Wan's shit. That's just I it. Like James Wan's stuff. Always looking forward to that. Now that also being said, uh, they are going to be continuing the run of Poor Things, which I did see. I still want to see it. Okay. L- number one. Dong. Okay. Number two. Uh, it is. Funny as all get out, hugely horny, mm-hmm. and given the fact that in my uh, top fave five of 2023, I talked about uh, Birth Rebirth and the angry black girl and her monster, mm-hmm. this goes right along with it in terms of the yeah. Frankenstein, Mary Shelley motif, mm-hmm. and Margaret Qualley's in it. Didn't realize she was involved. There's so many people involved. Check it out if you can. Highly, highly, highly recommended oh hell yeah i want to see it man it's, it's like it's horny steampunk frankenstein i'm oh. fucking down Frankenstein, fucking stein across europe canoodly it's and yeah. defoe's like dr frankenstein right and all scarred up he, and let me tell you if you ever want to know how he got those scars he's going to tell you every single thing his dad did to him but is all in the name of science so it's okay oh it's Horrid. Hmm. It is horrid. The journey taken though is wonderful. I highly, highly recommend it if you have not seen it out. Uh, now that being said, hope to see you out uh, mixing up with the Screenland film family. But genius, if I'm a talking film family, the bellies we have our own little film family gathered at Patreon and have been promising a month of loaded content. Mm-hmm. And we are starting 2024 right. Mm -hmm. Uh, For those of you on the I've Seen That tier or above, we've got our next request and review. Uh, Our our ringer artist friend Tim Uh had us uh, talk Girl on the Third Floor by Travis Stevens, which was a first time viewing from you. Yes. And this is one I actually saw back in the day at Tapcade. Haven't watched since then. That being said... We haven't watched it and reviewed it quite yet as we are uh, banking a number of these in advance. But I will say this. It's very gooey. Mm -hmm. It's very ooey. Mm -hmm. I think it's going to scratch a particular itch of yours. Nice. One way or the other. Is there a a jaunty song? 
Like the Undertaker and his pals? Oh, no, not quite anything like that. No? No. Okay. That's okay, though. But again, I think I'll be curious to hear your reaction on All that. All right. Now, of course, if you would like to hear Genius's reaction to that and a whole lot more, uh, head on over to patreon.com slash nightmarejunkhead. Again, a number of things going up, but throughout Patreon, man, we took in a number of films back in 2023. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a lot of memories made, and I'm very much looking forward here this year, especially new horror. Yeah. And looking forward to ideally what is on the map, what we will be experiencing this year. I'm hoping that we get the black and white Godzilla minus one. Oh, my Lord. When you even when you told me about that, I'm like, that's brilliant. Yeah. Because what better way? I know. it's It makes it more like I, wanna, I don't want to say authentic. No, but, but it's set in that time. Mm-hmm. And, and the OG, this is basically a remake of the OG. And we've Warner. seen how that can play with both The Mist mm-hmm. and Fury Road. And Logan. Yes. So multiple ways. And it's different viewing yeah. experiences. Significantly better on all three of those. They really did. They all really did. Three so of I those. can only imagine then, by right. that kind of math, <laughs> right? of which we show, Godzilla teaches us a lot of good math. I'm hoping we get that. Yeah. Let's hope, 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 hope. And on this time, I'm going to be. Raring to go. <laughs> oh, I feel I still feel bad for you, man. Because the revelatory religious experience that I had, I am now straight up like Godzilla is my god. You're still like, eh, it's fine. <laughs> Even though you're like you've been a convert from the beginning, I feel like such a oh, look at that new guy over there. He just cannot. He just wants to tell everyone how much he loves Godzilla. No, it's all right. Everybody loves new people in the cult. It's <laughs> yeah. cool. Thanks for embracing me. Mm-hmm. I appreciate that. <laughs> Instead of Google Gobble, it's Masurai. <laughs> and we've already got this year's Kaijun already planned. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm so looking forward to that. However, this month's programming is one that we've actually been talking about for quite some time. Mm-hmm. Because when you, even within the world, even outside of horror, just genre in general, when you add animation, to the medium. Yep. See, yeah, see that that smile, that little bit of a giggle. <laughs> There's baggage. There's a lot of stuff going on associated with, uh-huh. with adult, adult adult animation. animation. Now, we were both raised on animation. Mm-hmm. We started with kitty animation. Mm-hmm. Be it through Looney Tunes, be it through Disney, a steady diet, and I think more than anything, especially even once you learned of the craft behind it. But I always could tell there was something more magical happening with animation. You could do way more things. You could tell a totally insane different story, not having to worry about budgets and Mm-mm. special effects and all that because it's there in animated form. Whatever you want, if you have the ability and talent yes. to put it on page in an artful way, the possibilities are endless. Well, And we've also discussed this as... A possible, and we'll get to it. Hey, let's this year, let's do gateway horror for a month. Okay, we've talked about it for many, many for months. For a long time, because we often we even said, well, isn't adult animation in a way a gateway? But in the title, inherently, it's not right. It's supposed to be for, for adults. adults. Mm-hmm. But even then, growing up with animation, 
There's a lot of stuff back in the day that was for adults that was in the cartoons <laughs> that we didn't we realize. Didn't know what was going on. Some seeds were planted way early in the day. Way will, early in the day. I will go back to the Popeye cartoons. Uh huh. The Bugs Bunny stuff, and I'm talking oh, about. May, like, may, may I suggest Tex Avery and Red Hot Riding Hood? Woo! And I love me some Tex Avery cartoons <laughs> because they're just the pinnacle of madness and chaos. Well, they, it kind of goes back to fairy tales mm -hmm. Grimm's fairy tales mm -hmm. the cautionary tales that often don't end well and are set to scare set to keep you away from the vices and the evils of the world and they they did but they did it in such an interesting way in terms of the medium mm -hmm. that it's supposed to be a softer and easier pill to swallow for us kids not knowing we're learning something. But the wrong and thing. <laughs> You're talking to a generation that grew up on Pepe Le Pew. So, like. <laughs> and how weird sometimes is it to go back to that right? stuff? And even knowing a lot of people will put up context warnings now, which I understand. Yeah. Look how racist were Looney Tunes was back in the day. Look how racist MGM was back in the day. And, like, it was the style of the times. But we progressed but we can still like tell interesting unique stories with this cool medium mm -hmm. and still go back to the wacky cartoon violence there's a lot of great cartoons nowadays that are just as violent and, and terrible as um we grew up watching tom and jerry mm -hmm. but it's still for kids and then there's some stuff nowadays that you see in these kids shows that are for kids that are marketed for adults that are going to go just above just above the uh, kid's head but hit right on the mark for adults like shrek the first time i saw shrek we went with my brother and my family we all went to the family to see it and i'm like oh great it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a kitty cartoon with maybe some more fart jokes mm -hmm. uh, okay i fucking loved it fucking loved it because it was funny there was a lot of adult humor and shit in there and i'm like did they just say they sure as fuck did <laughs> <laughs> So that is almost gateway adult animation. And look at even in Japan, they've had adult animation I, since animation was well, there. Even here in Mexico, or America, I remember being young and seeing those Tijuana Bibles. Oh, oh, oh. The, those woo, dirty cartoons. That, uh, through the little bit of a old school animation flippage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, well. And you even talk, oh, sorry, but oh, you yeah. even talk about Popeye. Popeye's Origins was an adult cartoon. It was a comic strip for adults because he was a sailor and he cussed mm -hmm. and he was trying to legitimately have sex with olive oil. And then they're like, when King uh, Features bought them, they're like, hey, we want to mass produce this for everybody, but, but you gotta tone that shit down. And they're like, okay, okay, so he'll he'll be like, that's why he's like, oh, it's gonna be, it's gonna be, right? Because back in the day, he was like, how oh, these motherfuckers, right? Because he was he a cussing sailor, yeah. right? Yeah. And so that's why now he's still he's still going after olive oil, but not as ribald. Because there was scenes where olive oil was like, right? So like, well, do you remember in the early '80s when Disney went from doing like the Robin Hood, which by the way. Don't be surprised that that shows up in off-brand April. I've been getting a lot of urges to rewatch that. But then when they went into like the Black Cauldron, mm -hmm. and you you started veering into, we always call it Dark Disney. Yeah, Dark Disney was the 
best because they would do they would do shit on the live action side and it wouldn't make them money like something wicked this way comes mm-hmm. and still one of the more terrifying things the fucking return to the Oz. black hole is another one the black hole but then on the darker side like they started doing like and even yeah, the the black cauldron but then you look in some of the other shit they did at that side um when they were doing at that round time when they were doing the black cauldron they're always doing like also at epcot they're doing captain eo and remember how dark that was and yeah. then it was even a lot darker until they're like hey let's get michael jackson in because it was almost like aliens mm-hmm. with like ripley and fucking xenomorphs and shit then even at that time they were doing like um the great mouse detective was that kind of middle ground where it's like hey we need to do dark shit because if you watch that it's fucking dark but then (laughs) it's been a while since i've delved into that and then after that then they started doing okay let's totally go back to like our kids stuff and that's when you have like oliver and company and then after that you have the disney renaissance and shit Mm -hmm. but like around that dark disney that was like prime disney and that's the kind of stuff we were raised on and exposed to early on and then with that other steady diet like you said of the manic energy of the Looney Tunes, mm-hmm. of the weird stuff that we're seeing and experiencing with no context. Right. Outside of the occasional glance of one of our folks going, what are we watching? What are you watching? Again? You know? Like, uh, <laughs> I was even watching the other day, because uh, I, I fucking love cartoons, but I was watching um, uh, Country Wolf and City Wolf, the old MGM, and like Country Wolf's chasing like this hillbilly girl, and she's all like, "Oh man, right." <laughs> then he goes to the big city, and he sees Red Hot Riding Hood with his cousin, and the cousin's like a sophisticated wolf, like, "No, no, you must be civilized." And, and the the Country Wolf seeing Red Hot, and she's like, "It's a kind of weird rotoscope, very innuendo-y shit," yep. and she's singing sexy <laughs> songs and stuff, and he's over there, oh, whoa, 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 whistling and eyes bulging out, and like, "Now, now, you're in the city." And he keeps uh, the country uh, city wolf keeps hitting country wolf with a hammer and shit, telling him to calm down. And then he takes it like you can't handle the big city. So then country wolf or city wolf takes country wolf back home to the country. And then he sees the old like oh the old dried up uh, hillbilly girl. And then city wolf's like yeah, woo, 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 right. And so then he's like oh can't make it go gotta go back to the city. So they've always been doing adult shit like that. But if you ever noticed, I'm not saying that our adult. Our, our tastes and, and animation grew with us it, but look at he-man it, yeah like after we after oh. the looney tunes and we moved over to he-man and they were more realistic and then you have characters that are drawn like more shapely and shit like sure. fucking tila and stuff it, then we move on and like hey i like sword and sandals and sorcery i wonder what happens if they get fucking gory with it then we have shit like heavy metal and that's where i think for me the true transition came from from the stuff that was animated to the stuff that was live action to the the false promises that we saw in a lot of VHS covers mm-hmm. that were never followed through based on budget with animation. You could do it's, it. Again, the, it's the limit, the only limit of the imagination and the technology. Mm-hmm. And once they meld into that stuff, it works so well. But I do remember distinctly, be it by VHS or HBO, it was the world of Ralph Bakshi. Yes. Where it's it the, the whole instance of constantly looking over my shoulder, of hoping I don't get walked in on on an inopportune scene. Why are these cats legit having sex? Oh, why, why, why do I see? Why do I see these cat this buxom ostrich with nipples? Yeah, I. Oh my god! Between uh, it, for me, it was wizards. Wizards. Wizards was where you talk about a thousand phobias and a thousand fetishes mm-hmm. and just those scratches that are getting itched. Holy shiite! It was revelatory in a way that I wasn't anticipating because I didn't think 
you could do this. And it wasn't not only necessarily the nudity or the the, the fairy princess, and it's very cold in there, right? But the the variety of animation, I was like, wow, this is this is something I've never seen before. And I remember having that moment of feeling like an adult because it felt like this was something that was not meant for kids. And it was like, should I be watching this? Looking around like, ooh, ooh, um, yeah, it's it, cartoons, it's, right? And that's just it. You could fall back on, well, it's it's car- like it's in the Hudsucker Proxy, you know, for kids. Yeah, it's for kids. It's, for the, but, it's like Wu-Tang for the children. But at the same time, though, as latchkey kids, as ones that grew up on stuff that was, we watched shit that was way above our playing level. But early, still, early. We still maintained. Yeah. And do you think it's because of the cognitive dissonance that we got by seeing a lot of these images, this cheeky material in a way at an early age. Do you remember your initial with adult animation? Yes. And like, yes. Well, like I said, even like I was maybe six or seven years old walking down the street. Well, I was remember on a vacation, we were walking down Mexico, mm. down the streets of Mexico and city. Would. And we would look for things. And I look, I was looking for like comic books. Cause I like comic books mm-hmm. and they had Casper and stuff. And then at the bottom, which is weird because you would think they would be more away from the kids. Got to right? start them young, genius. Got to start them young. Bottom behind the corner, like what's this kind? Con- oh, 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 and like, and I remember going to a Mexican, and I think I, I think I still have it actually. It's a book of dirty jokes, dirty mm-hmm. Mexican jokes, with illustrations at the bottom. And there were all illustrations of like very rival things. Of course. And like, yeah. So that was like, oh, okay. Oh, that seed the, was planted. Early, right? But then the, your revelatory experience kind of reminded me. So let me see. Hold on. When it came out. Um, I remember uh, a movie watching it for the first time and being like, oh, I didn't know that could happen. And it came out in 1992, a little movie, a little Ralph Bashkin movie called Cool World. Oh, I, I, again, another one. You want to talk about dipping the pen in the ink? Mm -hmm. Oh, no. Oh, no. I, and it's an, I've seen that for me. Oh, Cool World's rad. Cool Cool World is a very troubled production. Mm -hmm. A lot of crazy shit was going on in Cool World, but like. It's what Ralph, because Ralph Baskin's always been about like, hey, let's have sex in cartoons, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, even like, look at, there was so much sexual innuendo implied a year before in Who Framed Roger Rabbit with Ooh. Jessica Rabbit. How many seasons have been playing with that? Same thing, okay, same thing with uh, Lola Bunny from Space Jam. <laughs> now, now, <laughs> and I mean, and and I, I not, no, no, again, yeah. Th- Harley Quinn of course. was started back on the Dini cartoon, and I remember being like, "Oh, oh, I, I enjoy that. I enjoy these Batman cartoons significantly." So, like, not saying that I'm like, Bleh, not no, a fiend no, no. for it, but at the same time, it it scratches a particular itch, and it's it's a well known establishment. I mean, look at the fucking the comments. Like going back, um, when Bugs Bunny. Mm-hmm. Would oh, dress to defy to uh, befuddle Elmer Fudd, mm-hmm. you know, and then you hear that. I found myself a little befuddled as well. Right, I, I think that's the idea of these these the, these bits of art that allow us to look outward, look inward, even as kids into adults, and especially when we're transitioning from kids into adults from mm-hmm. ed- during the teen years. Yeah. Especially during that transition, transitional, transitory kind of, uh, you know, era, it's I'm just kind of fascinated by it. But I distinctly also remember 
back in the day. Not only was it like Wizards, uh, but it was about that time when I finally discovered, as you said, where all the stuff, the good stuff comes from. Mm-hmm. And that is Japan mm-hmm. and anime. Mm-hmm. And, and again, my apologies <laughs> for everyone in the anime club. But that whole... That that uh, this is your introduction to adult animation from Japan, right? And that minute long thing where you got Akira, Vampire Hunter D, Wicked City, and those were kind of the big three that I really was able to delve into in that range. Well, even back then when they were like, I remember seeing on sixty two episodes of Dragon Ball Z, mm-hmm. and they had to heavily edit that mm-hmm. because there was all sorts of sex and violence in the original Japanese cartoons. And we'll eventually make our way to Japan. Mm-hmm. But w- it w- what's great is we're technically going north, to north, but with the initial source material starts over. We were just over there in France. Yeah, crazy enough because. Talking about growing up with comic books uh, in Clint's, mm-hmm. in Metcalf South, and Clint's up, you know, in Westport, they had a little area. Did they? That I couldn't make my way to. It was definitely an area I knew that was for adults. Mm-hmm. I knew there was um, the kind of material that I, 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 I could handle it. I think, but I just couldn't like legally go there. <laughs> right. And be it behind a beaded curtain, be it behind the counter, there were just magazines and comics that catered to the adult crowd. And I remember Heavy Metal Magazine, and be it because I was a fa- you know growing up a fan of heavy metal, be it just the connection of the Frank Frazetti like level of artwork, mm-hmm. but it had a reputation back before like the internet existed. Oh yeah, it was. The ribald stuff. The ribald stuff. The, the, the ones where you would he- see adult stories in comic book forms. They had those when I was growing up at the Osco or Osco. Oh, Osco, yes. At yeah. Indian Springs where I would get my comics, but they would always be out of reach. Yep. Of co- <laughs> and I would always, I couldn't never ask anybody to pick it up, but I, I'd always see like half of the cover mm-hmm. and like, or it would be like something like, a warrior woman or an alien eating something or a robot diddling something. And I'd like every now and then somebody would read and pick it up and then drop it there. And like, eh, but I couldn't buy it. No one you peruse. If you were lucky one, it was way more money than my budget allowed for comics. And so, <laughs> <laughs> and so I don't know if I could hide those. So, you know, but, but you knew of it mm-hmm. because again, it was that forbidden fruit. It was, and it was, the, it was the dirty comics. And I, so yeah, if, if I collected it, I could not keep it out in public. Mm-hmm. It would be either under my bed or out somewhere in the woods, <laughs> right? In the clubhouse. Somewhere. Just, maybe some other kids could stumble upon it. But what I did have access to was HBO. And when I saw bits and pieces of heavy metal, it's animated, mm-hmm. it's cartoon, looks cool, but it, it looked different. Mm-hmm. It sounded different. And by the time I think I took it in, that first time it would have been back in Stanley, I would have had that probably first viewing experience of constantly looking behind me, waiting for them to walk in because the stuff I was a- accustomed to at that time, it was, an- you know, listen, I watched Hard Bodies a lot growing up, okay? Like I, I knew, you know, certain movies that where I, when I, when I, when I could watch, where I could watch, but something animated, I always felt like I could be free. Mm-hmm. Like I never had to worry about it. But that first viewing of just having the nerves kick in, because as we mentioned, we were, as we noticed throughout our viewing, 
So much nudity in this. Action scene, sex scene. Action scene, sex scene. Action scene, sex scene. And and even the action scenes, I would have probably felt a little awkward back in the day because they're hardcore violent. And nudity in some of them. (laughs) So it's just, it's it was it was unnerving that first viewing. However, Mm -hmm. it's it's exciting because this is like access to that forbidden fruit that I never had. Yeah. But now I'm. In the confines of my home. Still looking around like, um, Of course, but but at a young age, though, like you said, having those moments of, oh. oh. <laughs> and, and, and be it just natural exploration, mm-hmm. angels to some, demons to others. Well, and then because of animators and the people who are telling these stories, they're adults. Yes, like, even yeah. with the, even with back in the day with the... Uh, MGM and the Warner Brothers, they're still adults writing the stories, adults doing the main animation, so they're going to bring an adult perspective mm-hmm. on everything. But this, like this, like let's just make everything for adults. No holds barred. Let's throw more oh. sex. Let's throw robots fucking people. Let's throw gore. Let's let's so much blood that we can't do, and it'll be crazy budget to tell these stories in live action format. Let's do them with animation. And the fact that... The fact that they did it like this back then really surprises me that there's not more like this now. I mean, I know we have Love, Sex, and Robots, which is dope on Netflix, mm-hmm. which is almost like its spiritual successor. And you, we, you've mentioned that many times. It's cool. I like it. Um, and then we had Heavy Metal 2000, but it's not like... You'd think there'd be like a little bit more. Maybe because I haven't perused the, comics sex, the comic book section in a while, but... Well, know. and it's also because this movie... Much like the magazine and comic it was based on, I mean, it, it it had a reputation. Yeah. And even to see the effects still of this film, even in South Park, they did an entire episode, that whole boobage thing mm-hmm. about cats peeing in you and you start seeing things. They pulled directly from imagery from heavy metal. There is stuff in this film, like as we like to joke about, you know, you should see on the side of a van. Yeah. And... It's that, or, or wait till the acid kicks in, like you said. <laughs> yeah, about this. Yeah, by the time the segment five kicks in, people assume, yeah, the mushrooms are kicking in at this point. It very much feels dirty and naughty and taboo. Mm-hmm. And even now, watching it, there's still this really weird, naughty, nostalgic element about it, where I still feel like I could get possibly in trouble if right. my mom came over Walk here. Walk in like, or something. Like, what are you uh, cartoons? What Actually, kind of cartoons? Thank, honestly, though, she's been through Death December, so again, she's like, this is easy. That had Nothing. terrible, naughty cartoons in it, yes, too. It did. Yes, it did. I take that and, back as, like, how much is there out there? But that's just it. Because it's cartoons, there's you that- You can do a lot more stuff. Because it's, it's, it's a probably a little better pill to swallow watching claymation <laughs> sodomy than, like, actual uh, live action. Oh, my Got Lord. some guard oh, shit Lord. like that. So- of this, of this film with heavy metal, of the reputation because of the violence, the nudity, the sexuality. Also, killer soundtrack. Great soundtrack. Not only with the licensed music, but the actual Elmer Bernstein soundtrack was the fucking score amazing. Was, I really always have lost kind of scope of that mm-hmm. because I'm lost in all the metal that's going on. It's just a stunning movie. It's a very immersive movie. You're really engaged in all these stories. It's the, a good anthology. You know what it was? And it was the music in the very last segment, the one that this one is very, 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 very most, the most well known for, that whole journey of which, again, we talked about the preparation. The Flight of Tarn. 
But that whole flight, that sequence and that song that was playing behind it was phenomenal. It was. And it's those little snippets that he gives us throughout that's peppered through all the heavy metal or the hard rock of that time. Right. That does make, I think there's actually like multiple soundtracks that came out with this. Well, because the licensing is ridiculous. There's, and from the get-go, this has probably one of my favorite um, Ronnie James Dio Black Sabbath songs and the Mob Rules. Mm-hmm. There's multiple Devo songs in here. And anytime you get to include Mark Mothersborough and Devo. And and Foreigner during a sex scene. Well, let's 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 talk. Let's let's I and that's the weirdest thing is with anthologies, you can always kind of go piece by piece. Mm-hmm. And let's shall we go piece by piece and how we start, or do we just want to go into the sex? Well, it was funny <laughs> when we were first watching it and we were noticing, like, oh hey, yeah, that's right. Eugene Levy's in this, and hey, John Candy's in this, and and then we see in John Vernon, and we're like, we're he's probably playing somebody crusty. Which technically he kind of was. He was. But when you got basically the cast of an early SCTV mm-hmm. and even throwing out an SCTV reference. I honestly think that could lose some of our listenership because number one, they may not be Canadian. Right. Number two, they may be more kids of the hall versus the SCTV. And they may be significantly younger, <laughs> but when you have them also doing multiple voices throughout, mm-hmm. be it just John Candy as a cop or John Candy as a kid or John Candy, the is conqueror, Dan, the conqueror. More like Dong the Conqueror exactly. in this case. I'm not gonna. Ha- what do you say? I'm not gonna save the world by hang with my dork hanging my out. My dork hanging out. But from the get go, we were like, "Holy shit!" Canadian talent. This is a exploitation kind of film. Mm-hmm. Harold Ramis, Ivan Reitman. I mean, like that's a, a year before go about a year or two before Ghostbusters. Three years. Three so years. like right there, right there. But what I also legit love though is the feel of the animation. Uh, the variety of the, the variety, yeah. And we start with some rotoscoping. And for me, the rotoscoping is the stuff that is a very Bakshi-esque kind of thing, because mm-hmm. that's what we got with Wizards. Yeah. And it's also one of those, back before a lot of the ones and zeros, when you would do stuff in camera, that was the closest we had to like CG kind of level work. Big, crazy special effects. But then you could put it behind matte paintings and or do it all sorts of things. That's just it. Layering the amount and... The other thing going in now, I think, as an older person, is just appreciating the craft yeah. involved with everything, from the background stuff to the animation to the rotoscoping uh, to all the supervisors that we looked. And we always give a lot of, I think, thankfully now, a lot of appreciation to actually just going through the credits, mm-hmm. appreciating all the work that goes onto it. But even the roto opening itself and the opening itself, growing up genius, I told you, i have always a little scared of horror. Didn't really get back majorly into horror until I was in high school. However, I watched this a lot. And now I realize, in terms of the horror adjacency of this, in terms of the gateway aspect, this movie starts with the melting of a man. Yes. And it freaked me out then. It freaks me out now. Because it's so detailed. That's the thing. With this animation... It's so detailed when the violent because they'll just have like not I'm not saying like sloppy but they're not they'll just like okay it's somebody running but when somebody gets eviscerated when somebody gets melted you just see every single line and you're just like god damn and you feel like the little girl and this is our wraparound story Mm -hmm. you have the Lochnar and the Lochnar by Percy Rodriguez that is not a good impression. 
Pussy Rodriguez. In a world. No. It, it's Pussy. He's Pussy. Pussy Rodriguez. He is the one of the narrators from the 70s. Mm-hmm. He did the narration for Jaws. And honestly, I needed more of him throughout because yeah. it's Percy Freegan Rodriguez. And when he is the voice of this all-encompassing evil, just the essence evil. of evil, mm-hmm. and I love anything. Whose power goes beyond dimension all through time and space. And he's basically, he's, uh, he's in, in essence, he's like Forrest Gump. Like, do you have a second? Yeah. I'd like to tell you of a story. He's like, I'm going to show you a lot of the evil that I do before I kill you. Before I kill you. So here, here you go. he then lays out, and then all of our stories are how the Lochnar has been around, has been used, and is basically this peripheral device Mm -hmm. of which it's in- The major MacGuffin for a lot of everything. Of a lot of badness Mm -hmm. that is in society. And it's the first story, and again- Watching it the first time, I distinctly remember feeling it was more, oh, this one's, it's not, it's not like sword and sandal. It's a little, it felt more adultish. Uh-huh. And I wasn't really familiar with noir at the time. And especially when you get into the the voiceover. And the weird 42nd Street. It's Neil dirty. 42nd it Street. Is, it's them doing Taxi Driver mm-hmm. in the near future, but with, and I really noticed this time, the R. Crumb style yeah. animation. And how the characters looked. And from then the second melting of a man and disintegration. Disintegration ray in the back of a cat. It It, seems like somebody, I think Luke Besson was watching this a lot. And he's like, you know what? I kind of like this fifth element. I I think I can work with this. A futuristic taxi driver and a redhead that like brings him trouble with an ultimate evil. Mm. This is where a multi-pass indeed comes from. And it got a multi-pass for life with me because this is the introduction of animated nudity genius at a least lot, for me a lot of full frontal animated full nudity frontal yes cartoon Anim- bush abound it's the early 80s it was the onion of the belt at the time mm-hmm. and it's i have to imagine anymore i know back then it was shocking i couldn't believe what i was seeing now i'm not saying it plays cartoonish because it is a cartoon right but I'm, well, we're seasoned vets, and nowadays different now. we're yes. seasoned vets, and also something called the internet. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I yes. mean, I'm sure if you, I hate to say it, but I'm Ooh. sure a six year old left to his own devices, and they're searching up like, oh, who, some like I don't know, a cartoon it's, girl nowadays, right? Like, oh, uh, Kim Possible or whatever, uh, Kim Possible. Uh-oh. Oh my, you yep. know. So nowadays. It's, you know, but, but for us in '81, seeing it on in a movie, like oh, well, I mean, even nowadays, like when the real actress goes full frontal, I'm like oh, she that's a great performance. You know, but cartoons, like oh, okay. Since this is coming out in 2024, 2023, movies got hornier. Yeah, genre although, got horny. Although again. 2022 was the year of the dong. True. What I think we're seeing a little bit of. Uh, moving possibly back into the sexier side of cinema because there was a lot of dick in the early <laughs> 20s and you know what i was a little upset though no we did get we did get dong. dong we did we did get cartoon we'll get to dong. that one we'll get to that one now we this is pencil <laughs> the ink and paint we get the start of what i'll just call the pervy panty shots a lot of pervy panty shots and the style of the times yes it is and that's what i didn't realize was how prevalent that is and a lot of the 
adult animation. Especially in the early 80s, because there wasn't a lot of mainstream of it now. No. Like, oh, no. What, what, did, what, did, what did pervs like? Upskirt shots. Okay. Cool. And also... What do what an, what dirty animators like to draw? Upskirt shots. All right, cool. <laughs> and then the narration continues about how... Uh, she's uh, doing the stars and the stripe. It's basically about how great of a lover he is. Mm, God Very bless America. Confident in his. And also, he had a power sandwich beforehand, of which he loaded with what was some sort of space like space mayo, alien <laughs> jelly, and and it, what was the year? It was only it was set two thousand thirty four. So not got, too long. So we got ten years before we got hover cars, disintegration rays, and an ultimate evil befouls us all. <laughs> Could squeeze a lot of living in that time. Oh, I think so. I kind of, you know what? I welcome Neo Forty Second Street. Bring it back. A lot of people actually kind of lament the loss of that. Like they love the fact that it's a little bit safer, admittedly, but also it's like, you know, we could have the best of the both grit, worlds. You know, a little bit, a little squeeze it up a bit. They were, they knew what the people wanted, especially coming off of the seventies mm-hmm. and the grit and the grime. It yeah. makes sense that that works makes its way into that first segment of which basically the Loch Nahr is this thing that is on display. It belongs in a museum yep. in this case. And we've got some, I would, what I, since this is Canadian, the closest I can say to this crime boss is he looks like more poutine, the hut because he has, he He's almost got a looks number two pouring gravy on him. Ah, you're looking great there, boss. He had like almost a doctor, um, was it Doctor Cat? Uh, oh, Doctor Cat's MD, the wiggle, yes, the wiggle, yeah, in his in his face, he looked almost like a f- unfinished Frank Miller drawing. Yes, like Marv or like a human worm. Yes, mm-hmm. unsettling, mm-hmm. but it works with the story because he's a scuzzy mob boss, and all the detail is into the, cre- the 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 bosom crevice, yeah, and what have you. So you don't need all that, but it ends up some uh, space, you know, taxi battle, this and that. And then we trans other things on that one there. On that one. Segment number one. Uh, the fact that after everything's said and done, he gets double crossed and he goes, well, I'll just put it down as a two day trip, but with a big tip. With a big tip. Mm-hmm. And now on to our next story. My evil possesses across the galaxy. Did you like that first awkward boner I gave right. you? How about another? Here's and some more. And this awkward boner is going to be with one John Candy. John Candy. <sighs> I can't remember. I think we just talk about him a lot, talk about lamenting the loss of someone, mm-hmm. but the fact that he voices multiple people in here, and especially this one being something I would have probably drawn on the side of my trapper keeper right, versus right. the side of a van. This movie was, I mean, this, well, the whole movie. Oh, but wish fulfillment. The, but this it's felt like it was written by like a 12-year-old, like, man. A horny 12-year-old? Be, yeah, or a 14-year-old, because they're even hornier. Because... Like, <laughs> Because awkward and horny, just drawn in the Trapper Keeper, man. If I could be a, because he's a nerdlinger basically mm-hmm, doing mm-hmm. science experiments with gonna, the Lochnar. I'm gonna be a big barbarian, and I'm gonna have sex with all these badass warrior women, and fight a bunch of mutants, and live in the castle. Yeah, and I'm the Lochnar Gwishafeld, right? And sure enough, he's over there, and it's funny because well, he starts off with his voice like this, and then when he transforms, he's like this. But his inner monologue yep. is still nerdlinger, and like I'm like, that's a good touch. Good job on John Candy for really differentiate the two characters. Well, he was always I listen. I know he was a comedy guy, physical comedy guy, but he was a good actor. Yeah. 
and that yeah. shows that he could create two distinctly different characters. It makes it a shame. I mean, like I say, we were more in the loss I of know. him. Like every time it's... I see anything with John King, because I love John. Not saying like he was like one of my comedy like icons and go tos, but like any big comedian, mm-hmm. I kind of see a little bit myself in him, you mm-hmm. know. But like John Kenny was my fave, but. Seeing his work on display again it's, shows you how good of an actor he could be, and again, not just the funny man. Well, and this is where we get base. This is very much where we get um, swords and sandals. Oh, absolutely, and mutants, mutants, and nudity. Sometimes nude mutants, mm-hmm. and we got a queen that is a habitual horny line stepper. Because <laughs> there's a point where they say something of, "If you may, sa- if you this may satisfy me, then I might let you live." And then uh. he says. You have, and then afterwards, when he goes, "Wow, my new dong works great," right? I think he said, "My new dork works great," and then because because she says, "You were able to satisfy their, bring peace to my warring soul. You may be able to bring peace to this warring land." Two bodacious babes in the same day, Mm -hmm. and also, and I know this for eighteen years of getting nothing. Now I get two in a day. I love this place. It's it's wonderful, and this is also where you get elements where the gore definitely steps up. Mm-hmm. You get some mashings and maulings, and I will say also in terms of like line of demarcation, Julie Strain. I know she was probably just getting started in the early '80s, but you can tell there was a lot of inspiration drawn from the Tower of like a Strain in this case, mm-hmm. and just the design of all of these. Ladies and and the mutants, they looked like uh, Thundar the Barbarian. Yeah, that one guy from him, mm-hmm. Ukla the Muck. Ukla the Muck. It looked like something, and this isn't. I've seen that, but from like Fire and Ice. Yeah, I that's an I've seen. I've seen bits and parts of it. Okay, yeah, it's, it's, but it's up there with Wizards and Frizzetti, mm-hmm. and that's just it. It's ribald. It's cheeky. Mm-hmm. It's keeps you on your toes in this case, and this is the one where they lean into the bloodletting. They lean into the sex. All the while with the narration and him just reacting, not so matter of factly, but just like a teenager, like, oh, this is great. I can't believe I did that. Oh, yeah. I'm still I, I'm still holding my breath. This is great. And then they're like, well, and he defeats both the evils. Mm-hmm. And then, well, you know what? You could be leader and you go, fuck it. I'm out of here. Whoop. Rides away on his thing. As you would mm-hmm. as a teen. Transitioning us into what we can call the trial. And this is another one. The Trial of Stern. That I remember growing up where they lean more into the comedy. Mm-hmm. And always that level of dissonance from it's dirty, it's sci-fi, it's horror. Well, because Stern is like they're, re- they're one of their recre- uh, reoccurring characters. Is it? Yeah. In so, Heavy Metal? In Heavy Metal. So like the, the Adventures of Captain Stern. So there'd always be something. And he would always show up and do something foul. That's, he's got a Zach Brannigan mm-hmm. kind of feel That's to him. That's basically who he is. I have to imagine Brannigan is inspired from this kind of mm-hmm. character. So they're like, okay, well, if we're going to have someone from the comics, uh, the reoccurring one, we got to have Stern. And so that's why the whole Stern. And here's John Vernon playing the crusty bailiff and Eugene Levy. I, just, I got an angle. Oh, and that's where you can hear that just... The, the shenanigan mm-hmm. laden levy in that delivery and you can just feel the eyebrows crinkling a bit oh god yeah. damn it it's and the angle comes from this hanover fists this is just just quiet you know introverted Ner- little nerdy dude well and there's things that he starts laying out that stern did to the he's 
a preschool prostitute ring. Yeah, the preschool prostitute ring. Selling dope dressed as a nun. Mm-hmm. All that kind of shit. And all the while he's laying this stuff out, he's getting bigger and angrier. Very Hulk-esque. Very Hyde-esque. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Right. Hyde in just a way. Just ready to just destroy everything. Everything. And then a little bit of chaos happens. But then what I love with this one is the turn. And... The cruelness of this stern guy as yeah, well. Because it was all part of his angle. He goes, I had an angle. Here you go. And the Lochnar actually, if, you, if there was actual like karma and justice, Stern would have been on the receiving end. But no, mm-hmm. I guess the Lochnar no, is very he much. goes off to do more stern nanigans. <laughs> it's like my influence has been felt. It's been set off to the next bit of shenanigans. Mm-hmm. And then that leads us to which, in terms of. Horror adjacent and just horror material that's not adjacent. Yeah. The bomber sequence. I was thinking we could have shown this little sequence at Nerdoween. Mm hmm. You know, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's a World War II and zombies and it's only like about five minutes and it's just an all encompassing little tale of terror. It's so, it's, it says so much in a small amount of time and it freaked me out then. It freaks me out now. And I think it's the design of the blackest eyes mm-hmm. between them the glowing green eyes and then just the amount of gore and viscera that are melting off these zombies the melting and then there's the two scenes when he's walking where the two gunners were and it's nothing but the sound of the air yeah <gasps> but even before oh. when, when the gunners are getting when everybody is getting obliterated there's how detailed the 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 I, vile and the cruel acts are it's like savini went through yeah. here and did like you know well this is the one i was shocked i I assumed Bernie Wrightson did this one. This one definitely is the O'Bannon one. Yeah, this is Dan O'Bannon. And you're going to be like, oh, yeah, I can definitely feel that. But no, this is the one that, as a kid, it freaked me out. And because that level of not being able to escape, Mm -hmm. no matter where you go, there they are. Uh Uh-huh. And in a twisted phrase, and they are... They're scary looking. Yeah, because it, that exposed scales, the, the skeletons, and the vi- the viscera that are hanging, uh, the little sinew. Uh, and then I like the fact that when you they got you don't see the kill, but you see him being drugged. You see his face getting up. smashed around for a little bit, and then you just see blood splatter, blip, blood splatter, blip, blood, blip, blood, blip, blood, yep. blood, 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 blood. And I was like, that is nice touch because it, it could have just been, you no. know, but like it just went in to give it a little bit more depth and detail. The depth and detail and the care that went into this. There's a few times I think throughout you're like, well, this is better than it probably had any right to be. Yeah, this is a like, lot well, of ways. This is really good. I mean, between the music and the animation. It's a lot of stuff coming together at the right time. Because I've been fortunate enough to see this on the big screen multiple times. Mm-hmm. I, when they re-released it right before Heavy Metal 2000, I went to go see it. And then I was able to host it twice at the Alamo. Alamo. And so... On the big screen, it's great. I mean, you see so much more detail, but also, like again, like, like I said with Godzilla, it's something like when you're watching it at home on your TV, you know, you're something like nostalgic <laughs> with that we were watching cartoons. Yeah. Although these are dirty and vile of course, cartoons, of course. it's still but like okay, still... cool. It's still animation. It's mm-hmm. still very cool, telling cool stories. Cause... Well, it's it's always a visual medium, mm-hmm. and so when it is engaging with you visually like that, you then ideally can open yourself your other senses up yeah as long as you're not overwhelmed visually well and also even if you are over like not overwhelmed visually but the fact that you can put yourself in this immersive world where you can so put so much detail in the backgrounds mm-hmm. I mean, for example when he landed uh his plane and he looked out and it's a whole graveyard, a graveyard. of uh, planes it was like gorgeous and the same one later on um well let's talk about the dan uh the the, the den the barbarian one 
some of the backgrounds just a lush screening later on when we're talking about Tarn Tarna. Oh man, that, like just the environments you're just engaged in this world. And like you said, it's not overstimulating; mm-hmm. it's just immersive and mm-hmm. massive. I I didn't have the the Spider Man across the you know any of those like overwhelming moments where I I'm watching 3D. I know it. This is subtle. I think, like you said, there's an escalation to the point where either the edibles or the mushrooms will kick in at yeah. a certain time. Because even then, like with the war room sequence and the alien abduction, real the brief of a one. segment. And that's the goofiest one. That one had like super goofy. Really no evil per no. se, except woman gets kidnapped and uh, marries a robot. And a whole and Eugene Levy and Harold Ramis do space coke. Oh my lord! And Lots of space coke. A lot of space. It's, it's, I'm be, I drive better when I'm high. Stone man. man. Boom 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 boom. Right. I it, believe that they're recurring characters too. I can. It sounds like it. It feels like it. I'm mm-hmm. sure that's what the the fans are like. Hey, and there they guys. are. But that also introduces the uh, the sex bot and all those played by John Candy, <laughs> robotic Doctor Han. We even get him later, actually, as well. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. There's. Yeah, we do. We. <laughs> but no, it's. Uh, like, she's it, like, that it, was amazing. Well, you never made it with a robot before. Just so casual and just goofy. But the fact that the spaceship looks like that big, like happy face, and that's and it's another style of animation actually yeah. during this segment as well. That definitely, you know, kind of separated itself from it. More non-serious. The fact that everything is such different styles of animation it works really well, like really well we talk about with a good anthology though is you do need that bit of variance, variance. Mm, absolutely and they were smart enough to realize yeah we can throw in this goofy shit as long as you've got aliens doing cocaine mm-hmm. and a robot diddles a girl right that's perfect because we just had a hardcore violence with the b52 yeah we did yeah we so did let's just so there was no there was no nudity and sex or drug use in that one just gore so let's do the nudity the sex and the drugs in this one and then they hit the peak with all three together at the very let's end let's do and it all if i'm honest if i'm thinking of heavy metal this is the one i'm thinking of well I, this and stern but like but i think i think the general, general public well the this normies is the one you see on the cover yes this is the one that the promotional this is the stuff. symbol of everything this is the one where people were kind of pissed when they didn't get a lot in part two yeah so like and this is what south park leaned into and it is just like you said it's the platonic ideal of what heavy metal the mm-hmm. movie is. And I, it's been a while since I've watched this one, and I've forgotten the buildup. Yeah. The the idea of finding the chosen one and that you ha- have to, like, be baptized in the water of uh, not... Like Minnetonka or something? Because, like, they're like, oh, we must call the protector with our hearts inside. And so Tarno flies halfway across the planet i'm like okay she's gonna I, got the old cruise control set at right? 35 there you not think she jump a- right in the middle of the frame and start fucking up no i gotta go take a bath first then she takes a bath then and we see her prolong her long prolong of getting ready it's gorgeous it's stunning the it music was, behind it yeah it's not supposed it's supposed to be sexual but it's not gratuitous but it is just like wow this is very pretty animation this is like unnecessary gratuitous storytelling but yeah. i'm also here for it so it's, at this point though i think they've told enough of the stories in this style it's that, barbarella like, is it's listen i just watched barbarella last year for the first time so i this movie not as horny for, as barbarella not quite as horny as barbarella that's okay though i'm i'm all for it but when it leans into 
the level of the violence in this one mm-hmm. uh, with the sword play. I forgot that the actual little birdie thing does make it out alive. Yeah, me too. I was like, oh, no, not the bird. No, actually, no. Yeah, it does. Cause they well, fly. they and don't make it out alive, yeah. but they do make it. A he new does, one comes around. He doesn't. He They don't die, although both Tar- Tarna and the bird both get a lot, met, of, lot, damage. Of, lot of damage, but yeah. they deal a lot of damage, too. The, just the triple beheading right off the bat. Now, actually, now I'm going back to the Barbarella thing. Uh, the fact that when he's got her all tied up and he breaks out his whips. whips. I guess that's very close to the pleasure machine at the mm-hmm. very end as well. With okay, Duran that makes Duran sense. and all of his shit. That his makes orgasmatron. sense. Yes, but, yeah. uh, no, um, but those before, during the siege with the mutants and the peace-loving people, mm, oh, that was violent and gory, but they did this really good thing. Well, not good, but the really cool thing where they... Um, transition from oh, one nice. shot to another and you see this prolonged detailed shot of this like i guess child dying mm-hmm. with even with his like this eyes going small and then the blood slowly dripping out and he's impaled by multiple arrows but then it fades out and it fades into the next scene where it's still his silhouette and shadows mm-hmm. but of a new uh territory and instead of this arrows it's like pipes on a house there's a mound for his where his head used to be and i was like that was really nicely transitionally done animation. when you will compliment out loud when stuff like that happens like i know that means that hit you in a way yeah because it's like oh shit that's nice yeah but it, it was, was cool. a reminder of the artistry absolutely and that a lot of that is there's no accidents Mm-mm. like that was planned that was drawn out literally by hand yeah and they're like yeah this is going to be a great transition another thing we noticed speaking about the artistry like nowadays if you look at a pixar movie not saying not discrediting any of the work that pixar does Mm -hmm. but like the credits are like 25 minutes long and there's just millions of people in there watching the credits on here for each animated segment maybe about a handful Mm -hmm. of people and then later on afterwards like hey here's the extra animators but still even at that that was like a minute do so the question is then do do computers add needlessly to the complexity of animation or do we we, should we go back to kiss you know keep it simple stupid right I don't know maybe a combination of both as we've seen we can see handmade hand drawn animation work extremely well with computer animation just as we've seen live action can be melded in there with animation hand-drawn animation like roger rabbit and computer animation make them be tools in the toolbox and not the toolbox itself right bits and pieces and honestly i think that's why when stuff like that does happen it hits us harder Mm -hmm. you'll you'll hear us say of the charm involved and that's legit because it's it's respected yeah but that is to also say I know a lot of the new age animators are horribly overworked. Right. Uh, there, there's horrible time constraints and limits that they put on there. And then, of course, when these movies come out and they didn't have the chance to work on them as they should, first thing, oh, it looks awful, blah blah blah. And it's guaranteed it's because they didn't have the time or money with that kind of stuff because of the time it takes to to spend with this because of the the skill level, the discipline involved. And that's to say, we're going to be spending a month waxing the car. Of all these artists that are involved yeah. to create this dynamic medium that just does so much more than you can actually with with flesh. And and I like to think that with this month we're doing something kind of like heavy metal. How like how they celebrated different styles mm-hmm. of animation and different types of storytelling. But this month I think we're going to have different, definitely different styles of animation and different types of storytelling. And I'm really looking forward to this. I think this is a great opening threshold for. Uh, the rest of the month? Uh, well, yeah, I'd say even the rest of the year in yeah. this case in terms yeah. of 
keeping our you know being open to new experiences mm-hmm. putting uh, different countries on the passport and exploring genres that you know ultimately bring people back to horror yeah when it comes down to this so i like i said this was my first foray into true adult animation and knowing now it's not going to be my last and especially in this month i'm really again looking forward to this so because I know this is a, this is your brainchild, so thank you for bringing forth to this. Uh, final thoughts on, um... I think another reason why we liked it so much is I wrote it down. This is basically adult nudity masters of the universe. <laughs> yes, this is R rated. R rated. The last one, the art was an R rated masters of the universe, down to like Castle Grayskull and all. She didn't say anything, but it wouldn't be surprised if she said I had the power when she was getting her sword. And then just fighting all the monsters and shit. Well, knowing is half the battle, and mm-hmm. then nudity is the other. So <laughs> right? that's all you need in this case. And like until yeah. next time. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, he did. By the way, he threw out Dorco, I believe, at one point <laughs> when we were watching this movie. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, you're not getting away with that. Ruined my viewing, my friend. <laughs> that's embargo lifted. Unless <laughs> we didn't have like Gildor. <laughs> the key. <laughs> I've closed the book. <laughs> wiping my hands. We shall be moving on to bigger and better things. Actually, no. I am very much looking forward to the rest of this month and also, mm-hmm. obviously, the rest of this year. So until next week, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. I'm going to check out some cool world right now.